my, my job is to somehow make them curious enough or persuade them by hook or crook to get more aware of themselves and where they came from and what they are into and what is already there and just to bring it out. This is what compels me to compel them. And I will do it by whatever means necessary. Welcome to the Black Girls Heal podcast, where we talk about healing our intimacy disorders, unresolved trauma, and building a healthy relationship with first ourselves and then others. Every episode, we will talk about advice you can apply today to break unhealthy patterns and grow in your self-worth. I'm Sheena Lachey, love addiction coach and trauma specialist. Let's begin. Hello, ladies, and welcome to the latest episode of Black Girls Heal. So today's episode, I am talking about grieving, not having the relationship that you would want with your mother. At the time that this episode is coming out is the week before Mother's Day. And right now, there is a season of Mother's Day content that I have been sharing uh, on TikTok. I've been doing a mini series on uh, working through your mother wound trauma. I actually recorded an episode that was supposed to come out today, but it's going to have to come out next week because the original topic for today was about how to work through detachment that you may have with your daughter. So there are a lot of us who are mothers of daughters and we may feel irritation with them. We may feel even some animosity and resentment towards them. No matter how much we love them, we might even feel some jealousy for some of us. Uh, But for a lot of us, we can even find that it's harder for us to attach to our daughters compared to our sons and uh, not knowing what to do with that. Not knowing if that's just because of who our child is or if it is something else. And my, what I'm going to be sharing next week is that I think a lot of the detachment that many of us have who are mothers of daughters with our daughters is more about the trauma that we experienced that stops us from being able to connect to our own little girl, inner little girls. And by way of that, because we don't have that connection with ourselves. Um, because of the trauma that we experience, we can have that disconnection with our daughters. And it's almost like we're recreating our trauma, not only for ourselves, but with our daughters and our daughters feel that and they experience and then they grow up to be women who may struggle with connection with other women or with their daughters. And it's just a whole cycle. So next week's episode, I'm going to really be talking to any women who identify with what I just said. And if that's not you, great. I'm so happy. I hope that you are pouring a lot of love and connection and time and sensitivity and vulnerability into your relationship with your daughters. But for everybody else where this may be a sensitive topic and you have maybe even felt some guilt around it or it wasn't even on your radar until I just said it and you're like, oh, she does get on my nerves a lot. And and it sometimes it does feel like it's more than what it should be, more than the typical mothering is hard and building relationships with children when they can be children is difficult. Yeah, there there might be some, some validity to that. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. 
But as I was prepping that episode to release it today, I was thinking there are so many of us who are, we are those daughters. We are those adult women who either had or still have uh, contemptuous relationships with mothers, with mothers that we may feel just don't like us as people or may be super critical with us or may be jealous of us and uh, betray us and go around our backs and manipulate us and put us in between people and they are... They treat one sibling differently than us, especially if that sibling is a boy or even if that other sibling is another female identifying person, but feeling ostracized by that person. And so I was just thinking about for us as daughters, how triggering that episode would be. (laughs) So I wanted to preemptively come in and talk about grieving the relationship that you wish that you would have had with your mother, because I think even hearing those things said out loud can bring up some pain. Us as children, no matter how tragic or horrible the past has been, there's always a part of us that wish it didn't have to be that way. That wishes that we could have just had a mom who was there, who was just there unconditionally. Whether or not the conditions were premature death or addiction or mental illness or her just reliving her trauma and projecting her shame and her issues onto us and being a bystander when other things happen. There's no matter, even if we've had to emotionally and mentally distance ourselves from our mother, we don't outgrow wishing that we could have had her just hold us in our arms and just love us just because we are us. And thinking about that and feeling that can be very hard and uh, to say the least it can be very hard and it can drive you crazy it can make you feel like you're going in circles and a lot of things a lot of times what I see with the women that I support is they have this back and forth between okay my mom hurt me again she betrayed me again she did this again that's it I'm cutting her off either legitimately not talking to her or I'm going to act like I don't need her anymore it's not I'm not going to call her as much I'm going to create distance I'm not going to go around and they go this long period of time as long as they can longest relative to the person but they go as long as they can with having this internal wall up until that wall comes down why because there's that part of us that always wants our mother relationship because our mother relationship is our first relationship. And if we don't get in in our mother, a lot of times our mother wound is what leads us to these tragic, addictive relationships with other people because I need to be cared for. It doesn't go away, y'all. Just because we try to act like it doesn't exist does not mean it's not there. And like I've said before, our needs always come out sideways when we do not acknowledge them. Okay. So you go through this time where you're like, fine, I don't, you know, forget her. I don't need her. Or I'm just going to act like she's an acquaintance and go and try to get love someplace else. And then that, that period of time ends. And then you try again, you know, maybe mom is nice again, or maybe you're just getting, you're tired of having to hold that energy and you try again. And the same woman she always was shows up and you feel that pain. You feel that betrayal. You feel that Uh, rejection. You feel that abandonment. And so what I tell y'all to do and what I tell my students to do is we need to get to a place where we grieve the relationship that we wish that we would have had with our mother. And we can grieve. We can grieve someone who is still alive. We can grieve someone who is still physically with us because there's still sadness. We can miss something that we wish that we had access to. And we can yearn for it. 
And so the way for us to move forward is to acknowledge that yearning, to make meaning from it, and then find ways to give to ourselves what it is that we need. So with that said, I'm going to go through, I think I wrote down four steps. There might be five. There might be like a part B or something in here. But here are four things that I want to give you to do to grieve this relationship with your mother. This will be a shorter episode because the episode next week will be longer. Uh, like I said, I've already recorded it and I might do some edits. But for the most part, it's probably going to be... Um, uh, longer in length. So I want to balance this out. And then also uh, shout out to my ladies at the Black Girl Bravado podcast. I'm actually going to be on their podcast this month. I want to say the second week of May. So after Mother's Day as well, where I'm going to be talking about mother wounds. So y'all, y'all got me in all these places talking about mama, mama pain. So <laughs> so let's, let's do this shorter episode. And uh, I hope that the women who need it find it helpful. So the first thing that you need to do to grieve your relationship with your mother is to be honest about the pain that you have. So someone, I posted one of the TikToks on Instagram uh, because I just wanted people on Instagram to know that I'm talking about mother wounds on on TikTok. And someone posted in the comment, uh, what if you never had a relationship with her and you feel no bond with her? And I haven't answered that person yet. And I... I guess I'm just going to answer it here. My thought is the pain that you had to go through as a young child to reach that point, to reach that point where you had to, in your mind, in your heart, in your spirit, cut off any connection to her or that she preemptively tried to cut off any bond with you. And what that, the pain that must have been for you as a child and going back to what I already said before, that that mothering need doesn't go away. Is a human is actually a, a living being need. You know, there are mothers in all species of the world, but especially for us as humans, we are needed to be cared for. So maybe the pain is not maybe your honesty would not look like, man, I wish that Sandra Joy was around all the time, right? Maybe she really has done some horrific and horrible things. But maybe the pain is, I wish I would have had a mother figure. I wish I would have not had to create something outside of myself that I didn't have to be so independent, that I didn't have to learn how to be a survivor so early on, that I didn't have to learn how to push all my feelings down and to go without. I wish I could have just lived life to be free and to have love that was given to me freely without me having to worry about this. I wish, and that might, as you're honest about that, that might actually lead you into being more honest about what you wish could have been there with Sandra Joy. Um, what you wish that she, what she would have chosen. If she would have chosen differently when it came to addiction or to boyfriends that she let inside the house or to uh, choosing work over kids or choosing her anger over calming down or choosing whatever it was that may have been the pain point for you. Uh, Her choosing to actually work to move y'all forward instead of staying in the same place. You know, there's so many different ways that All of our stories, y'all, are so unique. You know, I don't talk enough about the impact of foster care and uh, whether or not it was uh, by like a familial adoption or foster care or that we weren't able to be in the house, but not being able to be connected to our biological parents can and does create 
wounds in, in many of us. Even if our foster parents and our adoptive parents are wonderful, there's still that kind of question in the back of your mind about what happened and why and what do they think and what do they need and what do they feel. And if you don't have continual communication with them, uh, those unanswered questions can cause a lot of feelings, right? So my first suggestion, again, I said I was going to keep this short, is for you to be honest about what it is that you wish your relationship with your mother would look like. So just really quickly to talk to the women who still have their mothers in their physical vicinity, and maybe you're constantly in, in communication with her. But because of the, some of the things I've already listed, the communication is very tense. There's a lot of conflict. She's stuck in her way. She doesn't see the error. So getting close can be harder, even though you're an adult and you can, in your mind, rationalize what's going on. You're, you're openly trying to find solutions. So if that's the case, I want you to be honest with yourself about what it is that you wish that you could have. I wish I could talk to my mom without her talking over me. I wish that she would be nice to me. I wish that she would be more patient. I wish that she wouldn't keep secrets. I wish that we could spend more time together without her needing to have somebody else there. I wish that she would tell me the truth about this. I wish that she would tell me she's proud of me. I wish that she wouldn't prioritize one sibling over me. You know, again, so many so many options, so many alternatives. I wish that she wouldn't run through money and always be asking me for money and be more grateful and not not feel like I'm an ATM and not feel like I'm blamed for when she runs out of money if I need to say no. And, you know, these are all dynamics that I hear all the time. So being honest about what you wish your relationship was like. And then the second step is the most important step, which I also say often here on the podcast which is for you to see your mother for who she is, okay? So I wrote this down just so I can be clear and not miss it, but you need to see your mother as a person who has experienced trauma, who has learned her own coping mechanisms, and until she's able and willing and wants to work through that trauma, she's going to keep doing what she's doing because it's what has worked for her, it's what she knows. She most likely also grew up in a place and time and generation where, um, you know, there's not really a lot of openness for exploring different things unless she... Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. As our country continues to grow and make new meaning of the intersection between current and historical events, it is so important to stay connected to the voices and the leaders who are influencing what progress, connection, equality, and truth mean to us as Black people. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection from some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. 
Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcast that center Black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. Has started doing her healing work. I know I know that are women of all ages and all generations who listen to this podcast. So shout out to everyone, um, no matter where you are. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. Ladies, I am so excited to share that for this podcast episode, I've partnered with eHarmony, the dating app that helps people find real genuine connection. And for me, this app has absolutely held true to their promise, connecting me to a truly incredible relationship and partnership with someone who truly gets me. Dating apps can be so hard when it comes to filtering through persons who you may not have anything in common with or who may not be super serious about the process and committed. With eHarmony's one-of-a-kind compatibility quiz, you get a baseline standard in every match of your compatibility around values, communication styles, likes and dislikes, energy levels, and so much more. My experience with eHarmony has always been superb with not only the quality of men I was matched with, but also with our compatibility when dating, eliminating the stress of feeling as if I was wasting my time. So join the dating app that helps users find their most authentic relationships. eHarmony, get who gets you and start free today. I love getting messages from women who are uh, from teenagers who are in high school. And I love getting messages from women who are in their late 60s and, you know, really working on themselves. So it's just, I love it. I love it. Um, So, but back to the point of this, you know, your mother is a whole human being who's had a whole lifetime before you and has a whole lifetime of memories, good and bad. And what you may be asking of her may be too much. And it may be too much because it may trigger her to go back to what she experienced. Uh, It may be too much because for her to open up to you means that she's opening up a whole can of worms and a, a lot of things that, again, you have no awareness of. And so, and so, I want to be clear that that's not for you to go back to your mom and play therapist because it is not your job. If you wanted to go and share what you're learning about yourself and planting seeds, okay, you're you're communicating what's happening for you. But if you're doing it with, with pressure and with intention to try to push someone who may not be ready to make movements, you're doing an injustice to her. Again, a whole human being who's had a whole lot of life and a whole lot of experiences before you came into this world. And you're doing a lot of injustice to you because it's giving you too much responsibility and it's giving you too much ownership over whether or not she gets free and whether or not y'all get close in a relationship. Uh, Most likely that could even be a carry on from a lot of the emotional burden and a lot of the emotional heavyweightness (laughs) that you had to carry growing up that you're still doing in your 20s, 30s and 40s in 50s, you know? So it is seeing your mom that she is someone who has created all these coping mechanisms around her trauma. And sometimes 
those coping mechanisms can be lighter in effect. And I'm going to list some things. So when I say lighter, it does not mean that it's not hurtful. But as you see, as I start listing them, they're going to get heavier as far as the consequences and the impact. So maybe her coping mechanisms look like her um, being a little bit flaky, not always following through with things. Maybe she can be very insecure. Maybe she can feel like she always needs to do have, um, be right about things. Maybe she can be a little bit selfish and want to do things only for her. Maybe the middle range type of actions look like her insulting you and uh, her being super critical of you and not esteeming you and always having something negative to say, uh, which again, super hurtful, especially if your trauma has been emotional neglect, emotional abuse, mental abuse, and it's really affected your sense of safety and wanting to feel open with people in general because that's how you grew up. Again, that is real pain, real legitimate pain. But the next, the reason why I'm calling that middle uh, of the road kind of things, uh, for lack of a better term, is because there are really dangerous coping mechanisms, really dangerous behaviors that your mom may have picked up because of her trauma. So this can look like her actively manipulating you and using you. This can look like her siding with perpetrators and abusers in your life, past and present, uh, because her trauma is there were so many abuse was normal. Uh, for women to be abused was normal. For women to be uh, discarded was normal. For perpetrators to be sided with and protected was normal. And so she's done it before. She continues to side with people who are harmful to you, uh, no matter what she sees with her own eyes. Uh, it could look like her being sexually abusive to you. I have not talked... Oh, I don't think... I never released the former podcast interview that I did with someone years ago with my old podcast, with my Love Junkie podcast, where I talked about where the guest was a therapist who specialized in treating adult victims of sexual abuse. And I specifically had her on the podcast to talk about uh, healing when your sexual perpetrator, sexual abuser was a woman, was, is a woman. And we don't talk enough about that. Uh, we don't talk about how real that is and how commonly it happens and the blame and the ways that we will self-gaslight because, well, it, can, it can't be that or maybe that's not real because it's a woman. And But no, it's very real. And so seeing your mom for all of these things, all the ways that she presents and seeing this is who she actually is. And with that, with that part, y'all, I need you to look at if there was a person on the street who had these qualities, like, yeah, maybe they're funny, maybe they're down to earth, but they have these coping mechanisms and these ways that they talk and these ways that they act, would I actually build a relationship with them? Just point blank. Uh, you can pretend that they were a coworker at your job. Would I have a relationship with them? And if the answer is no, then the next step is where we talk about grieving. We talk, uh, we, we look, we go back to that list from the first step. What are the things that I want in my relationship with my mom, I want to be able to talk to her. I want to be able to spend time with her. I want her to be honest. I want her to be self-sufficient. I want her to X, Y, Z. Now, once you see who your mom actually is, once you write all that down, um, compare those two lists. And can person number two line up to the person that you have in the person number one list? Do those two go together? Can person number two who your mom currently is and who she actually is at this point in time in her life, can she do any of those things? Can she do one or two of them, but not the other eight? 
Um, or can she not do any of them at all? But she wished that she could. And you're trying to convince yourself that, oh, well, you know, it's not that bad when she says those things. I know she's just joking. I just got to leave the room. No, 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 no. This is about you being honest about what's available for you and not living in fantasy because these are the same patterns that will take into other relationships and other places. Okay. So once you have all that, then it's time for you to grieve, to grieve the things that, um, that she's not able to show up for you for and to let yourself be sad about that. Let yourself be angry about that. Let yourself talk about how it's unfair and stop trying to make yourself not feel your emotions. The reason why, you know, you've probably felt this anger and sadness before, but you still keep coming back to it is because you haven't moved to the place of grieving, which is acceptance. You're still in this bargaining stage where you're like, okay, I'm going to get so angry and so sad, but maybe if I go back, maybe after some time has happened, maybe once I take the kids away, maybe once I stop calling her and telling her what's going on, maybe when I don't invite her to my graduation, maybe when you're doing all these mental and emotional gymnastics, again, trying to manipulate the situation, which you probably did growing up a lot. You probably did a lot of thinking and feeling and yearning as a little girl to try to get your mom to be and do something that she is either not capable of doing, she doesn't know how to do, or she doesn't want to do. And this is your opportunity to let that go. And as you hear me say that, to notice the sadness that comes up for you and let yourself feel that. And instead of you going back to the bargaining stage, but to, to actually move to the acceptance place, that this is what it is, okay? Now, with that said, the last thing that I'll say before I cut us off for this week's episode is um, those are still real needs. And so, you know, the reason why it comes out sideways and us looking to be mothered in these addictive relationships is because we still do need that care, that compassion, that um, person to listen to us, to hold space for us, to just pour into us and not take from us. Uh, We do need that, um, the word is a mentor, but it's that top-down relationship. Uh, our side to side, our peer relationships, whether they be friendships or romantic or otherwise, is one level of intimacy and connection. But we all do need that 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 beauty of being poured into. That's part of our innate yearning. So, where do I go, and how do I start to look for creating that chosen family in other places? A lot of people find those relationships in church. And so there's a lots of, there's uh, usually an abundance of women who uh, feel called and feel a lot of pl- a pleasure and pouring into the younger women around them. There's also lots of women who find pleasure in pouring into and mentoring women under them in the workspace, and that that can grow into grow into something deeper, right? It's more just about you being open to those connections and you already have a list of what it is that you want now. The first thing about being honest with what you want, you now have a list, hopefully, of what it is that you're looking for. And so now you can have your eyes open for when those connections happen and to practice some patience. Uh, I've referred back to this episode several times, but the episode that talked about building female friendships, uh, Danielle uh, Ballard-Jackson talked about how what did she say? It takes 50 hours to make an acquaintance and 80 hours of contact to make a friendship? Or was it 50 hours to just make a friend and 80 hours to make a best friend? I can't remember. But either way, y'all, it is a full-time job. Because think about how many hours, like how many friend dates, how many chance encounters, encounters, how many events that y'all have to show up at together to make that 50 to 80 hours. And we want these things to happen overnight. 
and you you have to build trust and build consistency for these things to happen. It has nothing to do with whether or not you're worthy of being poured into. It has nothing to do with whether you're funny enough or great enough or or um, valuable enough. It's just it takes time to build relationships. And um, that's where that self-acceptance and self-compassion that we talk a lot about here, that self-love is vitally important. Okay, so I hope that this helps the women who need it. I hope that you receive it and I hope that this treats you well. Um, I need to (laughs) because of the date, because we are starting next week, I do need to talk about uh, our Love Woman Challenge that is closing this Sunday, which actually does correlate with this topic. You know, we learn how to love ourselves and we learn how to not love ourselves from the modeling that we see and that we don't see from our mother relationships. And a lot of the detachment that we have from giving ourselves pleasure for acknowledging, you know, one of the types of deprivation we're going to be talking about in our challenge and in the course is the emotional deprivation and the physical nurturing deprivation, how we will neglect ourselves in those areas. And so, and what do we do about that? How do we work through that? So if you are wanting to operate in this loved woman space and exiting patterns of love deprivation and walk into love worthiness this month, in the month of May, I'm taking uh, women on a 30 day journey of going deeper into this topic together. And uh, so many of y'all have already signed up. I'm so excited. If you have not gotten your welcome email, please tell me. Some For some people, it's going to the spam and they're not getting it. So you should have got an email, hun. So, and um, if I'm emailing you and you're not getting the email, then <laughs> to check if you got the email, that's why I'm staying here on the podcast because all of y'all listen to the podcast. <laughs> but I hope to continue to welcome more of you in. Uh, we start on May 1st and uh, there's still time to enroll and it's one of our smaller programs. So it is accessible to everybody. You can enroll by going to the link in the show notes or by going to blackgirlsfield.org slash the loved woman or you know, just going to blackgirlsfield.org and clicking work with us at the top menu and then clicking on the Love Woman Foundations. Make sure that you select the challenge because uh, one option is you just get the program and you can do it on your own. You keep it forever to come back to and learn and get all the updates and lessons as they are added. And But then there's a challenge portion that uh, includes uh, the bonus lessons, that includes the community that we're going to be working together in, that includes the um, group coaching call. So that is it for now, y'all. I'm sending you so much love this weekend and beyond. And as always, I do hope that you take care of yourselves. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. 